Hey everyone. Greetings, guys. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome, folks, to another episode of Eigen Bros. Mm-hmm. Today, Terrence was grilling me on my research project. <laughs> um, not really. No, nah, not a light, really. A light, uh, a light. Inquisitive. Roast. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was being, he was inquiring, and basically what I've, what I've been studying for the past year and a half or so. Yeah. And uh, and hopefully I answered him pretty succinctly i think uh yeah it's pretty interesting i thought yeah my my project deals with uh anomalous transport phenomena in um in this certain iron compound yeah. that i grow um i'm or- hoping i'm hoping that the layman will get something from this because it was a little bit higher level than normal i think because yeah. we kind of it was it got a little bit unhinged with the terminology <laughs> at the end and even you know condensed matter non-condensed matter people will hopefully understand i think so though. i think so yeah. i think i think we're def- i think i defined our, my terms a little bit carefully i tried not to lose uh sight of the bigger picture in some mm-hmm. sense and so hopefully hopefully you guys learned something interesting um i certainly did with this particular topic it's super interesting at least to me obviously but um but yeah, if you um, please like, share, and subscribe with anybody that you know. If you know anybody mm-hmm. that wants my crystals, let me know. I Juan is selling meth. I am. <laughs> I've, I'm a crystal. I, I grow. I grow these compounds: uh, iron three, germanium tellurium two, and then iron five, germanium tellurium two. So if mm-hmm. you know anybody that wants some of those, I have them. So crystals on deck, baby. I have some fresh ones too that I just grew and I have to take out today. So. Uh, anyway, yeah, like, comment, subscribe, share, yep, follow yep. us on Twitter. Yep, follow us uh, on Twitter, follow us at uh, Instagram. So Twitter is Eigen Bros, Instagram is Eigen Bros as well. We have TikTok, Eigen Bros too. And then also check out the website, eigenbros.com. And I think that's it. Yeah. See you in a bit. Okay. Three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again. Welcome to another episode of Eigen Bros. Mm-hmm. We've got um, Master Juan here. Yeah, now you're talking <laughs> to a master. Please respect the <laughs> labels and the certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going through a bender right now. <laughs> a bender? As, yeah, a bender. Uh, you know, just like coming down from, from you know, you know, typical graduate student stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 leave. Most of the work to the very end. True, true. <laughs> You're on your come down right now. Yeah, yeah. Right now I'm coming down from like the the week. The week was very like up and down. A couple hours of sleep, maybe six on average, which is better than most. Yeah, that's. But in grad school, horrible. but in grad school, you know, for the most part, I've managed it pretty well, but. Mm-hmm past couple of days i was like man four hours and i was just like just because you're Ooh. you know you get nervous and anxious leading up to your like defense and stuff and so yeah i was oh and then yesterday i i only had i woke up in the middle like i woke up at like 6 a.m and i was like man i guess i'm awake now <laughs> and then we were up was that wasn't out of sheer productivity no no it was just like man i guess i'm awake i, I don't know and then, now uh, remind me one i'm already my time skills already fucked um the defense was yesterday or was it Monday? Monday. Monday, okay. So for you for those of you listening, it was the Monday that this is posted. And uh and yeah, it was uh it went well. Um at least the talking portion, the public portion and then the closed door stuff was kind of uh you know, it's I, I think it's run of the mill kind mm-hmm. of like defense kind of stuff where the professors ask you like what the hell is this? And right. then they, nah, but then they try to really test that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The thing with me, though, was I think I got a little bit of flack because 
my topic kind of span. I did a lot of stuff. Yeah, in the you past were, you were mentioning half. that you did like a real broad. Yeah, like of four, topics. four, four topics, and uh, the committee was concerned. Well, you're kind of doing all this stuff. We're worried that you don't know, like you, you only know a little bit about a, a lot of these. Well, you know a lot, but a lot, a little about each thing. Right, I guess they thought yeah. you were spread too thin, correct? Yeah, Is that yeah, accurate yeah. to say? Yeah, okay. pretty much. And and so they were like, well, we're concerned that for some of these bigger topics that you're on now, like I study basically um, the topological nature of magnetism in this particular compound that I have mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> or that I grow, these two crystals. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, it's kind of... it. it, it they were they were a little bit concerned, like saying, "Oh, well, we we just we don't know." Like, can you have a conversation with the theorists in the group in this committee? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, w- w- "I mean, I was like with confidence. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, it's a discussion. Can you ever have conf- a confident I, I discussion with I any theorists, professors? That's the thing. Like, I was like, that's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of course I'm a gra- I'm a lowly graduate student, and I, I I can contribute and I can talk about this. Well, no, sorry. I can talk about this and discuss it with the professor, but I don't know if I will be able to add anything. Yeah. And I'm sure you know some theorists saying? out there would think they can go toe-to-toe with professors, though. I've known many. Oh, some theory students, you're saying? Well, I mean, even even just normal graduate students, I think some of them feel real comfortable with sparring up or squaring up, let's say, with professors. Mm-hmm. Personally, I never got to that level. Of course, you know, I left graduate school yeah. earlier. Um, than most, well, I don't know if the most, but I left graduate school early, so I never got that ability, but, um, I'm but then pretty you damn also, sure you're not. <laughs> yeah, but you're not, but you you weren't that confrontational either in classes, you know, like most no, of, the, most no. of the theory kids are very like, they'll call the professor out mm. if they see something that's mm-hmm. wonky or not ill-defined or something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, well, I was mostly just asleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> Those two aren't correlated. The reason why Terrence left in the sleepiness. Yeah. It was just because Terrence believes in not drinking coffee. <laughs> we already went through this. We did. Remember we had an episode where we were talking about, uh, do, do, is it necessary to drink coffee? Oh, in grad, grad school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, bro, I don't need coffee, Okay, man. all right, but you were sleeping, bro, while I was wide awake. I was sleeping because it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my anxiety levels were through the roof at the end of the night, but you know, and I couldn't sleep. But hey, I'm listening. Okay, See, um, I slept like a baby. As soon as my head hits the pillow, man, I'm fucking zonked. <laughs> mm. Ooh, my bad. Sorry for those of you that don't like listening to, you know, digestive noises. <laughs> it's a two for one podcast, mukbang mukbang podcast. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like. Or is there one for me- slurping? I'm sure. I'm sure there are people out there. Like I knew. I knew somebody that vehemently did not did not enjoy any kind of like mastication noises. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of people aren't into that because it's kind of a podcast rule: never eat on the mic. Yeah. Or, like, have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, but but it's more because it's like just the, the constant repetitive noise of hearing this thing like it's like it's just like i've never been bothered by it though honestly no i've i've well i've been annoyed by it but i wouldn't say it angers me in to an irrational level that some people have okay you know what i'm saying it's a spectrum right yeah a a rageometer if you will (laughs) well like speaking of rageometer yeah it was it was um 
so yeah, the, the professor, one of the professors asked this question and I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I can like really add anything, but I can definitely discuss the topic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, like I'll definitely have, I don't know the, the theoretical nuances of some of this stuff, at least yeah. really well, like mathematically fleshed out where mm-hmm. I'm, you know, shit, I did not start the clock again. No, we're fine. We, uh, we, I got to watch here. Like, What's your you time see at? down here? Six minutes. Six minutes. Okay, I'm just going to start mine late. But go but, ahead. Um, I'm sorry, Juan. But yeah, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it went well. Um, my, I think, I think they probably gave my my advisor some some a little bit of a beating over the head mm-hmm. because they were just <laughs> yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, I think um, I think because like they like 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 they were saying there was just like a really broad like kind of topic and a lot of data that was taken. Mm-hmm. But it's like. Uh, also, my advisor's trying to go for a publication, so we need so many, so, so much supporting information to really say something. But then, what we have seen—I don't know if this is indicative of every other project that people do, or most other projects in graduate school that you'll, that you might do, depending on your advisor, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, we were worried that we didn't have enough information that referees were going to, um, how would you say, uh, you know, sideswipe us. They might hit us like with like, well, this is not. You, you collect more data, you know, take more data, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We wanted to preempt that and have a lot of supporting information to say this particular thing. But what we've seen in a lot of other papers that have been published for for my particular crystal that I'm growing, uh, it's most people just report their findings. Right, right. And then that's it. And But he wants to create a – I think he wants to go for a higher profile journal and stuff, which I commend. But, Which means what you have to delve into the theory a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You'd you'd have to get you'd have to get theorists on board to look at the data and then like mm-hmm. make up their mind, fit models and stuff. And the thing is, we can all do that in house, but it takes time. Yeah, like yeah. And, and there are other groups that might be doing the same thing, and then you just really you look stupid at the end of the day when you have nothing to show. Have for nothing it. to show for it. <laughs> well, the thing is, like that's kind of what happened to, to me. It was a very popular compound at the time. That I jumped on board. It was, was it? I think, it was late 2018. It's iron germanium tellurium in mm. the stoichiometry of three one two. So three iron comp, three iron atoms. Uh huh. One germanium and then two tellurium. Okay. And so, so that's like F E G E, F E three G E T two. Okay. Yeah. Um, I iron germanium. Fajita. Yeah. <laughs> iron germanium. Try iron germanium uh, ditolloride. Okay. If you okay. want to get into the chemistry stuff wow you actually know the names impressed (laughs) i'd have to but but i honestly a defense went went weirder than i thought because usually i i I was expecting it to be more um based on the content Mm -hmm. and some of it was they were getting hung up on certain parts Mm -hmm. but i thought they were going to grill me more on my manuscript they were like, the mm. formatting on your manuscript is kind of kind of like jacked up. They're like, you need to fix that. And then they're like, well, editing, like there's there's some run-on sentences here and there. Yeah, yeah. But they were editorializing and, and mm-hmm. like they were saying some stuff. They were, they were mostly just complaining that it was too long. Too my, long? My manuscript was too long. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is that just because of the breadth of topics that you were doing? I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I actually want, I guess, for the kind of for the layman in the audience um, – you might want to explain the process of how you even were able to defend your masters even mm. during the COVID situation, because I know as um, a lot of, some of our viewers know we're in Florida mm-hmm. and you know, things are kind of ramping up pretty heavily down mm-hmm. here COVID wise. 
and everything shut down. So I guess, like, w- what did you do to even present? Um, what did I do to present? I, yeah. I mean, I, well, I initially was supposed to defend in the spring, but mm-hmm. COVID happened, and so a lot of dates got shifted around. And so, so yeah, by, by the time in March, I, I think I had, like, a decent draft of my manuscript. But, uh, like, my advisor kind of wanted to add more data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, man, we're definitely like, we're doing <laughs> we're too much, it. man. We're overdoing it. I, I literally said, I think this is going to be overkill, but Hey, uh-huh. you're my advisor. I, I'm going to lean into your wisdom a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> so he was like, no, we got to get more data, uh, to support our, 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 our like our sort of, uh, findings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I mean, yeah. Look, you know more than me in this respect. I can I can read papers and survey papers and be on board with you about where I think the project should go. And right. pretty much I, I agreed. Like, there's been very little disagreement about where, what measurements to do and what measurements not to do. Mm-hmm. Either way, I was on board, took a little bit more data, um, finished up the manuscript stuff, and then... Um, and then, yeah, so the summer I had to spend studying for the comps a little bit, so I kind of had to divert time to that. But then at some point, I just completely shifted into trying to get this master's thing mm-hmm. finished mm-hmm. and completed. So, And now you're there. So now I'm there. It's, it's, uh, it's been a ride, though, because it's not, it's not, how would you say, it wasn't easy during the COVID thing, mostly because um, just, you know, navigating... Uh, things don't go as quickly collecting the data we needed mm-hmm. wasn't done as fast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you're waiting on data the, the very last like a week before we were waiting on data to be analyzed so we could include it in the presentation right and i didn't want to do that but he was adamant he was like we should do it and yeah. i'm like oh man i mean i don't know but but yeah that hap- that that's probably going to happen there's that depends from advisor to advisor some advisors yeah. might be like that's fine we can mm-hmm. stop here mm-hmm. And we'll go from there. But now let me ask you this, Ellis. So I kind of was wondering, so of course I know already, but so when you presented though, you did this via a Zoom conference, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So could you just tell a little bit about that? Like who, like how did your, how was your committee even on there? Like what, like who was on the Zoom call, what it consist of and what was the whole process behind it? Oh, I see. So yeah, I mean, you just kind of schedule like a, I just scheduled with the committee, I mean, um, the coordinator for the student program. And then mm-hmm. you just sent, you sent out everybody in the department, you sent out a public email saying, Hey, guys, ladies and gals, come to my ladies and gals. I mean, <laughs> sorry, ladies only, <laughs> ladies only. That's what I meant. That's what I sent on my email. Ladies only, please. You see where Juan's mind's at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm a little bit, I'm, this is why I'm trying to finish my coffee so I can like get a little bit more accurate in my language, but yeah, I was like, gals and guys, like, come see my, and they, thems, come see my <laughs> my talk, you know? Um, and they sent it out over the weekend. Monday came. Pretty much, uh, I made sure to send reminders to the professors, both Monday and then Wednesday, reminding them that this was still going to happen, and then that the time was still okay. My time initially got shifted up. And I even had a medical emergency with one of my mem- my committee members, so there was some shuffling, but they they were still able to work it out. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, it, it was it was kind of hectic, but 
locked in the date and uh kind of kept my sights on it and then the date came and yeah i practiced multiple times how many people did you have on your committee three four okay four technically four including yeah. your advisor yeah okay okay so and that's pretty standard correct no well for master's committees not necessarily i think it's three okay um just, so why did you have four then because politics in the uh, in our department, I think. Um, so because we got to keep an a, extra eye on Juan. <laughs> what do you mean? So we need to add a whole other person. I know. Yeah. No. 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 It was. Uh, it's because of politics. It's mostly like the the the. Without giving too much information about, the, or details about the, the the inner workings of of our department, it's there are research scientists and then there are like the academic faculty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of a divide between, at least there's a perceived divide between research scientists and academic scientists. Um, yeah, meaning, meaning tenured faculty. Yeah. What I mean by academic, full time. And uh, and there seems to be a, a, a gap there that is sort of left unsaid. It's kind of understood to just not really be discussed or mm-hmm. brought up. But everybody knows it for sure. But everybody, but everybody knows it, and no one really says it. And mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. But basically, that's kind of why they require, like, at least for for students that work in the same research uh, laboratory that uh, we have access to. A lot of the physics students that have access to it, we have to get an extra committee um, mm-hmm. member. Um, so yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. So it's just from your circumstance. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But cool. typically, I think it's three. Okay. Okay. Three. One experimentalist. One theorist in your field. Uh, one experimentalist in your field, and then another professor in your general. Um, uh, how would you say? In your department. So mm-hmm. yeah. Our, so our, it has to be your part department. It can't be someone like a mathematician or no, something. No. Okay. That's for okay. your for your PhD. You can do that. I see. Yeah, I see. For so your, the master's is a little bit more limited in scope. Yeah. Of who you can actually have on your yeah yeah committee. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So then, once you had all your stuff set up, you did the Zoom call. How was how was trying to defend on Zoom? It was it was honestly I think it went a lot better than I it's because I had practiced multiple times and I was already comfortable using Zoom because in person talks are a little bit more there's a lot more how would you say body language I think is like really clear in in person and I think it's a lot easier to be less harsh in person so mm-hmm. I was a little bit concerned with professors kind of nailing me. Oh, on the cross because they felt a little bit of a more of a disconnect. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and and I was worried about that. And I, I, well, I I didn't sense that energy because they were all very accommodating in some sense. Like they know this is a pandemic. They're like, yeah, like this sucks. Like mm-hmm. we know it's not a traditional way to do this, but but yeah, they they were uh, they were for the most part kind of. Um, I think they they kept it pretty normal, at least from mm-hmm. from gauging from what different people have said about. We we know a lot of PhD students, and they just say like, "Yeah, that's kind of how my prospectus went." Okay, okay. Like it's 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 yeah, expect expect for the professors to push you and push your buttons and say things that might instigate you or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. Um, but when you went in, did you feel pretty confident, or? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. I did. I'm mostly because I had already prepared. I think adequately. I spent like the last three weeks 
pretty much trying to nail it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Did you, so, so last, so sorry to interrupt a little bit. Yeah, one, I just want to kind of yeah, curious. Suss out any, anything. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm, I could talk any, any, anything about the process. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, might yeah. Be. yeah. I'm kind of curious. Cause I mean, I, of course, since we're living together, I saw a bunch of your, your stuff going on, but I still didn't see everything like, mm-hmm. um, mostly one, isolation in my room. Yeah. 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 So I, I know you had a, speech and everything like a script prepared Mm -hmm. so i didn't see though you actually like having to practice your script did you have to run through your script a lot or what was your process behind actually um keeping your thoughts together so so this is so terrence is of the mindset i think you were like bro just just go for it use your plot points Mm -hmm. and i think i tried that yeah initial runs (laughs) and then my advisor was like no (laughs) you're too vetoed it yeah, because he was okay. like, you're too scatterbrained. I see. Like, you're just gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be like, well, there's an interesting paper that this, and I'm like, mm. oh, oh, God, I'm doing it again. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, you know, and it's bad. Like, if you're if you're like Terrence and I, where, you know, you have this. Uh, yeah, maybe mine sounded good in theory. Because <laughs> <laughs> we both, you know, just from the, for the, an MBTI callback, yeah, yeah, yeah. extrovert intuition exactly. off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to be, you know, when you're more mature, it's supposed to be an organized chaos, but yeah, yeah. it's it's like <laughs> when left un, un, uninhibited, it's just like, yeah. You, but that's why I think the outline should help because the outline gives you a, a kind of a like, a, a, what do they call it, like the gutter guards yeah. in, in bowling. Exactly. So you at least, you know, bouncing off, but you're bouncing off the gutter guards, you know, you're, you're still within the true. parameters. True, true. Yeah. I think that works for somebody who has a mastery of, I think, that function or that mm. of cognitive ability but the thing is for me i am such a digester of di- see them doing it right now i'm thinking <laughs> about how to say things before i say them yeah 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 like i pause and it's like I, the obama style uh, uh yeah you gotta yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta think before you say uh-huh uh you know, you got to read. That's probably why you do the pressure so well. <laughs> Yeah, because I know how we, the pregnant pauses that he takes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that. I understand where they're coming from. I do the mm-hmm. same thing. <laughs> um, and so, like, so for me, because it, because I think this way, I, I kind of, um, I, I know that I, I knew that I had to guide it in a more scripted way. And it's just why well, I had to follow a script. Because, yeah, yeah. Because how, like, how, how, um, to a T, though. Um, it was more like a guidance. So sometimes I would, I would go off the, the diagrams and read off the figures, but, mm. um, but sometimes when I would be a little bit, when I'd be thinking a little bit about this thing or imagining it, as I'm saying it, I would kind of get lost and be, and, and kind of want to go on, on, on a tangent. A little mm, bit. Then you just start so, having to rein it in. So then I have to rein it in. So then I have okay. to be like, um, anyway, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this particular thing, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it served it served to to collect my thoughts. Now some people might just flat. I think Zoom made it easier in this case too because um, I didn't necessarily have to memorize my script to a T because you could do, go into presentation mode mm-hmm. and then you can kind of read your notes if you have any. Yeah, yeah. And so I generally use that to kind of like the notes to kind of guide me, like make sure to talk about this, this, and mm-hmm. that. Um, now, a question is that I have a follow-up is, do you mm. think that the podcast has helped you at all in your yeah. ability? Yeah, my ability to talk yeah. on on screen and off screen. Yeah. You think it actually has? Yeah, on screen for sure. Mm. Um, but I've never I've never been really shy or had any stage fright in, in okay. some real sense. 
Because remember in the beginning of the podcast, you didn't even want to do video. Do you I remember those days? I didn't, but I, because I didn't want to be seen mainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, nah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, the, the perception part, I don't want to be perceived. Oh, I see. I just want to be heard. That's yeah, 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 yeah. I want to be in the shadows. But you can still feel what That's I'm the saying. introversion. Yeah, that yeah, probably yeah. is the introversion. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so, but yeah, I think for the most part, it was, uh, it, it, it is, it was, the, it was nerve wracking, but by then, the whole point of practicing is that, you know, you kind of just, you get the nerves out of the way and you, you're, you feel confident enough to say what you need to say. And so you, uh, you came in pretty solid then. Yeah, yeah. I was just more nervous about the ty- type of questions they would ask. And so I, I went back and reviewed all the concepts that they might ask about. Mm-hmm. I think what we, I was discussing with Terrence, like mm-hmm. fundamental like stuff that we, we even like sometimes debate some about. Some brutal, brutal, brutal yeah. questions that I couldn't even answer. Yeah, some like real foundational stuff. And, you, and then like... I don't think I was much help. <laughs> well, they did ask. Tried, they did but... ask, like, for instance, like they were like, "Well, what do you what do you mean by what do you mean by like, for instance?" Because I, I use the phrase, um, it's kind of a shorthand phrase, but it's kind of all it's bad like language to use. Mm-hmm. Um, what I meant to say was, or what me and my advisor kind of like just use. Uh, in, in well, maybe f- you should preface it with what you were talking about. Maybe we can start getting into like your okay, areas. yeah, my actual, like, so, my actual so, topic. So, so yeah, so what was your your first topic? My uh, well, my whole topic deals with um, basically what's called the anomalous Hall effect and the anomalous Nernst effect. Uh, can we give people a little bit of a rundown of what the yeah, Hall effect yeah. and maybe the Nernst effect is? The normal versions. Yeah, the Hall effect is this basic. Maybe you can have a little diagram here, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure I'll throw this in. basic effect that is is governed by what's called the Lorentz force, and you have typically a current flowing through a sample or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you have a configuration of leads, is what we say, like you know, it could be gold wires or something. Mm-hmm. They're fixed laterally, right? I mean, transversely. Sorry, so they're like. So you mean sitting on the the, side of the sample? Yes. So, like, if we imagine that the current is going in one direction, Mm -hmm. the leads of the wires would be perpendicularly connected on each side of the sample, exactly to the wire, exactly. Okay. Maybe hard to visualize. I can hopefully put something in the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. This this is why. Yeah. This is why we use math uh, and physics because (laughs) yeah, we we skip all that stuff and then go straight to like the the symbolism. But Mm. what happens is this guy Hall. What he found was that if you if you apply a magnetic field perpendicular to the surface of the sample, mm-hmm. you will get this resultant uh, force, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the force is expressed as if we if we kind of look at the the full expression, it's the charge carrier's Q, typically mm-hmm. how it's how it's uh, how it's displayed. It's uh, the magnitude of the charge mm-hmm. Q times the electric field, right? Mm-hmm. That's generated plus. Uh, Again, the charge, and then the velocity of the charge carriers, and the cross product of uh, with respect to the field. Mm-hmm. Now, the cross product for those of you that don't know, mm-hmm. it's called a vector product or a vector, yeah, vector product, which is um, basically you're looking at this this uh, how would you say surface almost that yeah, I wouldn't get too complicated. I would just say maybe it's just. 
you'll get a number with a cross product if your two vectors are perpendicularly Thank to you. each other. There if they're parallel, go. then you get zero. Yes. Yeah. Beautifully said. And pretty much it, it so what you should see is when the velocity is of the carrier. So basically you can you can sort of say that the velocity of the carriers are going to be parallel to or follow the direction of the current. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So if the direction of the current is perpendicular to the field, then you're going to get a resultant force that pushes those carriers to the walls. Right, right. To the walls. And this is field. not an obvious thing unless you've seen this in real life. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it blew my mind. I never even knew that a moving charge um, with, a, with an external field would actually push or put a force onto a particle. Right, mm. but this is some. This is a technique they use all the time in experiments and everything, you know. Yeah. And you can actually um, figure out a bunch of stuff with that. But yeah. anyway, yeah. And so, so yeah, it, it you know the car the carriers get pushed to the the walls of this or the sides of the sample, and then they mm -hmm. register on these. Uh, you're you also like we were saying you have these transverse, these uh, leads on the side of the sample that mm -hmm. are measuring what's called the voltage drop. So mm -hmm. now you create this because charges are going to one side of the sample, you're going to create a potential difference, mm -hmm. right? And then you basically can measure this potential difference and then extract a bunch of interesting um, uh, properties right. of your material. So now your potential difference is a function of the magnetic field in mm -hmm. some sense, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. So now you can actually measure like, let's say if you had a small magnetic field and then you were ramping it up slowly, you can kind of see that as you ramp up the magnetic field, you can kind of quantify it with a voltage, a voltage yeah, value. Yeah. So anyway, that's the normal Hall effect. What yeah, about yeah. the Nernst effect? I'm not even familiar with that. The one Nernst at all. effect is basically the analog of the Hall effect, but with a applied uh, thermal field instead of. Oh, interesting. Yeah, instead of like the electric current, it's like yeah. a thermal. I mean, sorry, a thermal like. Uh, yeah, I guess you could you could say it's a field because uh, it's. Basically, the del uh, it's a temperature Try gradient. To... It's the temperature gradient crossed with the field, the applied field. You know what I mean? Because you don't you don't have a necessarily a current. You're applying mm -hmm. like a current density, basically, like a heat heat current density. It's probably I'm trying to trying to relay mm. it in a way that you might. I'm so, not sure I understand. Okay, so I'll I'll give you the experimental setup. This makes it maybe easier mm -hmm. to understand. Mm -hmm. So what we did is you have a sample and you you put a heater on one end and a heater on the other end. Mm -hmm. And this supplies your heat gradient, right? Your oh, so you have gradient. two heaters. You just don't have like yeah. a cold and a hot end? You basically have that. So, okay. Yeah. So you the have a heater on one end. It like it's just to more heat, distributed or something? So heat the sample on one end and then you basically put a thermometer on the other end. It's like a okay. heat source and a heat sink. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. So, so one's hotter than the other one. Yeah. So you create okay. a gradient in the, in the sample. And this gradient, temperature gradient, the temperature gradient. Okay, sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> you create a temperature gradient in the sample, uh, and then you apply the field perpendicularly, you know, perpendicularly to okay. the sample, and you should, you should in theory, uh, see basically the Nernst effect. This is basically which is going to be the same as the Hall effect. Where it's an now, but now where are the particles moving? No, it's the same thing. It's just like the analog, but with instead of a current, it's a ther it's a thermal gradient. So then the the hot particles are moving to one side to the side of the wall of the yeah, material. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's because the carriers you're creating a, a 
you're creating a um, how would you say some kind of path of motion. What do you mean? Let me think. So the thermal. So what happens? So when you have a gradient of temperature, what does mm-hmm. that mean exactly? That means that um, you have a bunch of jiggling particles on one end, mm-hmm. and you have slower moving particles on the other end. Mm-hmm. So then that kinetic energy is being transferred from one side to the next side. So that kinetic energy means that there's going to be more bouncing between the particles. So what does that mean exactly? So then when you have a field, I guess, so that means that still that there's movement of the particles. So the particles are, that they're jiggling so much, they're actually moving from one side to the other. And then since they're still moving like a current, mm-hmm. they're, oh, so then you should measure a current as well. Is that true? Or well, no? you do measure uh, the voltage drop. You do. You do. The so there is a thing. current. Well, yeah, but basically, like I'm saying, it's well, the, the voltage it's the thermal, drop is different though because it's the thermal analog to to the Hall voltage. Yeah, it's but it really, almost sounds like with that thermal gradient, mm-hmm. there is almost a current being generated. Do you know if that's true? Uh, I wouldn't say the current is generated. I think like you're just applying. So if you put another wire, if you put, I mean, wires we're heating, we're end, heating it through a current. For sure. Yeah, you're heating it through a current, but that's kind of separate because you're really just heating, like the sample stands alone, right? The sample's not connected up to like, like if you connected the sample itself, you're not Mm going to read a voltage value at all. You're going to read, so so let me try to say this better. So (laughs) let's imagine there's just a sample, right? No Mm -hmm. heater, no nothing. Mm -hmm. If you connect, uh, if you connect a circuit to the sample, there's going to be no current just on its own. It's just in room temperature right now. Okay. The sample's just standing alone. Yeah. You, you connect it to a circuit, a battery or something. Mm-hmm. You're not going to measure any voltage drop. You're completing the circuit with the sample in it? Yeah, yeah. But it's just a standalone sample. Nothing is being generated. There's no I mean, you're going to be, but you're, but you're still putting current through the sample. No, no, no. I'm saying no current in this case. I'm trying to build it from, from scratch right okay, now. Okay. So then that's going to be no... I feel like we're going to lose listeners here because that's we're, com- true, we're, compl- we're, kinda... we're complicating the picture. I just wanted to basically... That's true, that's true. I just basically want to say that this is the thermal <laughs> analog to the Hall effect. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Stay with me on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, this is, That's a good, good call, Juan. We're going down uh, yeah, yeah, any yeah. lane. <laughs> Stay with me on this one. It's look. You can look at it as a, the thermal analog to the Hall effect. Okay, cool. So what you find is that now we all agree that the Lorentz force, what it does is pushes these carriers, right? And you should measure a potential uh, difference, right? Sure. What you see though, is that that means that if you flip the sample now where it's in the, the field is applied in the plane of the sample. Yep. You shouldn't see a Lorentz. You shouldn't see this force, right? Oh, in the plane of the sample, as in like it's aligned. The field is going now. Yeah. You shouldn't see, you shouldn't see it. Right. But this is where anomalous. This is where the anomalous. Well, part maybe comes I in. actually could see something like there could be a bunching on that other wall now. What do you mean? Because um. Well, because V cross B, right? This is essentially what's happening. V is now parallel to B. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the math I can see, but I'm trying to think of it. It's weird for a for a thermal. It's kind of different. It seems like I don't know how I'll, I have to think about that logic. Yeah, we can go into it like off screen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we can yeah. go through it because, like, it's something that I was perplexed with too. I yeah, was like, what is? It's weirder. But nevertheless, yeah, it's it's uh, you. What makes it anomalous is that for ferromagnetic materials, what you see is that this anom this like Hall effect arises even when the field is applied parallel to the 
to the velocity or whatever the carrier's interesting is, is it moving. a peak field no it's just it's it's the same thing like if you apply even apply the field linear, linearly you'll still see some weird behavior for instance like what we see for my particular crystal and this has been confirmed in multiple papers that was mm-hmm. the first measurement i took where the field as a response because we were measuring uh, um, resistivity mm-hmm. so hall resistivity mm-hmm. so all mm-hmm. that means so conductivity you can think about like how good something conducts <laughs> conducts electricity people know what conductivity okay resistivity is the inverse of that so mm-hmm. nevertheless we were measuring resistivity in the sample and what we as a function of field and what we saw was that you get you reach like at low fields about one tesla you reach this peak and then all of a sudden the the sample or the 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 signal the resistivity starts dropping out as you increase the field yeah so in okay. for most ferromagnetic materials it drops. yeah so uh, what you okay. should see so in fact you should see a saturation, ideally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah In most ferromagnetic sense. materials, you should see a saturation, and then uh, when fields are applied uh, perpendicularly, perpendicularly, yeah, they saturate, and you you just say like, oh, that's typical ferromagnetism right, behavior, right? right? And that um, all makes sense, right? Because it's like you're bunching of all of your electrons. It's just on one wall, and then eventually, it's just there's 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 no many more. There's no more electrons you can bunch yeah, against the wall. All the moments are now aligned. Yeah. In one direction, and in that case, like you're saying, like when we're looking at the analog of magnetization, mm. this is this I'm I'm kind of piecing it together now. But sure. basically, what what physicists saw and observed for uh, studying the ferromagnetic materials is that okay, now we understand that there's this anomalous term. This was like in the early 18, maybe late 1800s, I think, mm-hmm. where they now were able to describe. Oh, we have this equation now. It's a linear combination. For the most part, it follows. So the first term follows the Lorentz force, mm-hmm. which is typical mm-hmm. of like Hall effect stuff. Plus another term where it, it follows the magnetization. And what I mean by that is, is if you measure how the moments behave inside of the material, so this has to do with magnetic domains. Magnetism, in the, in 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 the purest sense, mm-hmm. is still an electronic. Um, it's still a feature from the electrons, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. we're talking about orbital angular momentum, right, right, in, intrinsic spin, right, you know, right, that kind right. of stuff. So magnetism, you know, when when the, when the uh, insane clown posse asked <laughs> back in the day, this old meme, yeah, this is old ass <laughs> meme. We're meme historians, Terrence yeah, and I. I know, kind of, right? <laughs> so we we know, but like you know, when they had that question, you know, you know, what, what was it? Magnetism, magnetism, not uh, magnet. these signs. Like, these signs align to me. Um, magnets. How does it work? Or how, something. How, yeah, magnets. How do they work? And you know, it basically has Miracles. to do with it. Basically has to do with electrons. And there's a famous video of a scientist asking Feynman this question, and he yeah. got kind of pissed. Yeah, he's like, "Why? What does why mean?" <laughs> Which makes me think he didn't know where to start. He got yeah, pissed because so. he was like, "Bro, that's such a big ass question." Well, he made an interesting point though, because um, he kind of said um, there were levels to why. He was being a little bit of a dick about it, <laughs> yeah. but because he could have answered, he could have answered, yeah, but he, he he gave a different lesson, which was interesting instead as well, which I kind of liked because no, I didn't. You don't really see the answer he For gives. For those very of you that often. do, you remember what his lesson was? Yeah, it was a, it was a lesson of there's tears of why, mm-hmm. like when somebody says I don't understand this, you can say like, well, what do you, don't you understand about it? And they they can have a more surface level answer, or they can have a deeper answer, or they can just keep going. 
the trail of why. It's kind of like the the kids game where you ask your mom and dad like, yeah, why, why? yeah, you know why, and then they just keep a- asking why and why and why, and then eventually you're like, because the Big Bang happened and <laughs> you know, yeah, it all it all ends in like the creation of the universe. You yeah. can keep going, going, going. So that was just basically his. Um, yeah, that's his, kind uh, of that's kind of what happened in my it. defense meeting, like. Because my professor yeah. asked, "What do you like? Can you define what topology means to me?" And I was like, "Where do you want to start?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, do you want to start from like quantum mechanics and the set of axioms mm-hmm. that you have to talk about and mm-hmm. shit? Like, mm-hmm. where where do we begin? But nevertheless, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was Feynman's point, not mine. Well, so. that's a great <laughs> that's a great point by Feynman. Um, but yeah, basically, magnetism is this effect that's uh, it, it's it's in it's intrinsic to the electronic properties of your material, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what you see is that when you measure the moments of the electron, um, you can sometimes, and ferromagnetic uh, materials particularly, you have this response where all the moments at above, so at certain temperatures, right? So for instance, for me, I have a paramagnetic material at room temperature, but once you go below a certain temperature called the Curie temperature, you, you then it transitions into a ferromagnet. So for ferromagnets, all the moments basically align. They point in the same direction. Mm-hmm. All the net angular momentum stuff, the L, what is it? L equals J plus S, all that stuff. They all point in one direction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what you see is that, for paramagnets, it's the opposite. They kind of are randomly oriented, right? The domains mm-hmm. are because because then you have magnetic domains, like basically iso- isolated little islands. Sure, sure. Where all the moments are kind of just like they're randomly pointing. They're randomly around. pointing, but in 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 the ferromagnetic state, they're all pointing in the same direction, yeah. ideally, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah, the. Um, so below a certain temperature, what you see is that all the moments are aligning and this manifests itself as a saturation peak. So like as you're increasing the field, all the moments are aligning, right? Mm-hmm. They're all coming, they're all forming a line. And then once they reach a line, that means they're all participating now and your magnetism reaches a plateau. And that's okay. basically what you see when you measure magnetism as a function of the field. Um, okay. And, I feel like we got a little bit off the beaten tra- trail. Well, here no, because, I'm, I'm um, correlating it here with the anomalous hall. Okay, report. okay. So, so what you see is that you should see a plateau, and, and that's it. Um, it. It doesn't like you can increase a field, and it'll just keep going, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's according to the theory. Now, what the anomalous hall studies have shown is that, well, like it seems to correlate with the magnetism in some way, like because as we're measuring the resistivity values, like they plateau. You know what I mean? And so that's what yeah. they observe. They're just like, oh, okay, so you can draw these two and they say, oh, it plateaus as a, as a function of the magnetism as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the magnetization of the of the sample. So, so yeah. So, okay. so they thought they figured it out. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're done. Mm-hmm. Cool. But then, of course, scientists' job is to, to break, re- that. break that yeah, and, yeah. like, look at other configurations and mm-hmm. see. And so, you know, what they saw is for some materials that if you – especially for mine the same thing that we see we kind of like well the thing that makes this anomalous in particular is that if you measure along the field uh the 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 field along the plane of the sample Mm -hmm. you still get this like effect um that when when there's no lorentz force right 
Yeah, why it's is like, that? It's like, why is that? Yeah. yeah. It's like, why is that? And there's a, is there no answer? Well, the thing is, the theory is like, the, the new theory within the past 20 years or so is that it has to do more with the the geometry of the band structure. So the way oh, the band boy. structure is, yeah. So the way the band structure is, is <laughs> because it was, insuff- there's a lot of stuff that's insufficient in describing like what exactly is going on. Like mm-hmm. one competing theory at the, t- one theory that was proposed like 2015, I think, t- not 20, 2016 mm-hmm. was that, oh, this, this, uh, cause what we saw was that the magnetization, yeah, it hits a peak at low fields, but then uh, the resistivity, sorry, it goes up. But then all of a sudden, it starts dropping. So, but this is for the resistivity, not necessarily the magnetization. The magnetization, mm-hmm. that means that the Hall, anomalous Hall effect is supposed to follow the magnetization, but in our data, it doesn't. They're supposed to be correlated. They're supposed to be one-to-one. Okay. Right? For the yeah. most part. Okay. That's what the theory says. But they don't. Okay. The the resi- the the resistivity, the Hall resistivity is, is showing like this weird behavior where it looks like a, it looks like a peak. Looks like a little mountain peak, and then it just trails off to basically zero. Now, does this have anything to do with the sample size? No, actually. What's funny is that there are some people that were saying, well, it could be that we know that the magnetization axis for this particular compound is what's called the easy axis. So, like, yeah. some samples have, like, an, an axis that's a crystallographic axis that's preferential for magnetism, pretty much, for magnetization. Mm-hmm. So, like... Uh, you could say that that's where the moments want to go or point. Right. Okay. So if you, ex- if you have an externally applied field, mm-hmm. it's going to most likely align to that easy axis. Yeah. And the antithesis to that would be the hard axis, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there is some crystallographic data that's collected by neutrons to kind of tell you um, what the structure of your crystal is, like a deeper mm-hmm. meaningful structure, like not not like X, X-ray diffraction. That just tells you like what the parameters of the crystal are the spacing and shit but this i thought it shows you the structure as well neutrons no, it does uh, no X, xrd it does okay but i'm saying like it tells you neutron data i think shows you more details more fine oh, a more different fine. kind of thing yeah because i think oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't interact electrically i believe so, so yeah it gives it only, you more it only hits things atomically right it gi- it's supposed to give you more uh details about it about the um about the electronic structure of like where things are. That makes detail. sense because there won't be any electronic repulsions anywhere. Right. It's going to be like almost purely atomic. I am not an expert in neutron stuff. I don't. I don't work. <laughs> with You're neutron. talking. It, it bombards the crystal with neutrons. Is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't do neutron yeah. diffraction stuff. Uh, so. I never heard that until you just said it. <laughs> but it kind of s- makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So I. I like. I'm just reading the paper. They argue that this particular crystal. It's pointing. It's a collinear ferromagnet, meaning like the field. I mean, the 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 moment is pointing along the. Uh, it's 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 basically along the c-axis. But then, what this other group was proposing, in com- in competition to that, was that you basically have non these non coplanar like spins or whatever. Um, what I mean by that is that they're saying that yeah, okay, it's the it's the there's the easy axis where the moments the spins are aligning in the perpendicular to the plane of the sample. But when you apply the field, they're kind of like decanting in the plane. So they're kind of like, the moments want to do this. 
So they kind of, I don't know if you can see this. Oh, man. I have to What talk. does decanting mean? Decanting means it's like slightly slanted. The spins are like slanting into the plane a little bit. Okay. They're not like completely in in the sample plane. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, there's a there's an angle between the sample plane and, and the, the magnetization axis. It's and it's something about the crystallography that yeah, makes it do this? Yeah, that's what they're arguing. Okay. But the neutron this data- It's getting more complex It now. is, okay. it is. But the yeah, neutron yeah. data is basically saying, no, 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 that's not what it is. But they're arguing that no, but this is this was this is what could explain what we see. Uh, so there's like there's a little bit of um, disagreement between the two different ways of measuring these kind of effects. I yeah. see. Yeah. Interesting. So, so they're still building the mental picture. They are. I got gotcha. you. The thing is, this is supposed to be a, f- a simple ferromagnetic system, but it's clearly mm. not. Mm. Like it's so this clearly is an interesting material. It is. How many other groups are um, interested in this? <laughs> Bro, I'll like everyone's load. asking me for crystals. I've sent like crystals <laughs> to like three different groups, four different groups. I don't even know who I so sent people are hungry anymore. for this thing. They okay. are, they are, and so like, so I'm like, okay, all right. So I basically like a crystal grower. Are you guys one of the only people growing them? No, nah, no, there's plenty of other groups. Okay. I, I think because they're in demand, and so I, I know of two other groups in our. At least we're probably the only group growing it in our department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like in the U.S. Um, or but, in the world. Or oh, I see. Well, at at particularly at at uh, at the school, I think there's a, there's somebody in the, the 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 chemistry department that's growing them. Oh, and I'm like, okay. oh, okay, competition. <laughs> <laughs> or an extra resource in case you fuck up, you just go get some other crystals. <laughs> no, but uh, but I I generally I figured out the recipe. I have a decent recipe. I'm supposed to go take out some crystals today. Funny enough, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the um. So yeah, there's like a competing. Can you grow meth? <laughs> Sorry, it's sad. Too. I can, but should I? No, I shouldn't. All this talk of crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, but I shouldn't. So um, I use my powers for good. Um, I can grow. The Eigen Bros are opening a meth store. <laughs> yeah, you can be the Gus Fring of the Breaking, Breaking Bad, basically. Um, but yeah, the um, the thing that. So so anyway, so there's these competing theories, and there was a couple of groups who decided, "F that, we're not going to go for these sort of semi-classical kind of approaches. Mm-hmm. We're going to use some more um, new, basically. Well, not when I say new, I mean relatively new within mm-hmm. the past twenty mm-hmm. years. Uh, there's been a development by um, Dr. McDonald over at UT, I think he's still at UT, at University of Texas in Austin, and he, uh, him and a couple other people, they put together this like really good review paper on like the anomalous Hall effect and how there are different descriptions of it. And right now, I think the one that's more sufficient in capturing like what's happening mm-hmm. or what's being observed is uh, using Barry phase concepts. So they're using concepts that have been developed in the recent recent modern physics 1980s or so and um and yeah so they're they're kind of like and and it's been actually pretty decent in approximating like what's what's happening so like in this particular paper that was published in 2018 with respect to my compound they they were saying oh we can use like these berry phase concepts to to look at the Hall conductivity, and and they basically go into the theory and say we know that we know that we can talk about um, how the Berry phase or or this like 
this mathematical like construct of um how would you say or feature of the wave function right how you can how you can describe what's happening electronically okay maybe so, you should get into berry phase yeah yeah so berry phase i'm trying to strip it down to like it's more digestible form mm. because typically when you talk about like band structure stuff you kind of get with you kind of get these toy models Okay. That you play with like particles mm-hmm. in the box kind of stuff. Sure. Like the more mm-hmm. simple particle in the box stuff that you see is is like you have a Hamiltonian, which is like the total energy of the system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, famously we do this. This is the most exciting part of like quantum for me, but it was it was uh, when you're trying to find the wave function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did they call it? I forgot what they call it. Uh, what? For those people that kind of want to investigate this, I forgot what they call the process. I think it's called uh, just solving the equation. <laughs> no, no, no. You find the actual wave function that, f- like, the parameters that fit the wave function to the to the Hamiltonian. Do you remember this process? I just call it solving the wave for the wave function. <laughs> what else? Is yeah, but call no, it? but it's like I, I guess. But there's a certain there a feature. Name? If you go to Griffiths, yeah, I think it's in oh. Griffiths or something. Beats me. Yeah. Okay. Leave it in the My comments bad, if you know what the My hell bad, one's y'all. talking about. <laughs> I was hoping that because it, it's it's so cool. But basically, uh, what you do here is kind of similar. You you build a wave function for your system, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start finding the some of the features and and for for it depends on your particular compound. But anyway, you you basically get an energy spectrum or energy spectra for mm-hmm. this particular wave function and and. In condensed matter physics, we we typically model them using like block wave functions, mm-hmm. right? Which is I think something we talked about, but yeah, it has to do with ask. like <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to. I, but let's just you say can that. let's just say there are certain something. types of wave functions, and and here you're working in momentum space. You're working mm-hmm. in like in this particular space that's that has certain meaning for like what k is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. I think in 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 E and M K is supposed to be like a wave uh, the wave number or something. This but, is a different version though, right? But it means it's different in in the the in re- with respect to um, the block wave function, right? Like K, K is, is like, like the crystal wave number stuff. or something, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically. But but basically, the, I don't know how. <laughs> see, this is the thing we can get we into so much detail. Before, yeah, but basically, yeah. you can build, you can look at what electrons, the, the states. You can look at the eigenstates. And basically, the the energies that correspond to the the states of the wave function, okay, and you can mm-hmm. build a sort of map of the space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So this the wave functions, actually, what Barry, what that guy Barry showed, was that typically Barryo, <laughs> well, typically <laughs> in physics, no, typically in, in, in what we did previously or what physicists did. In, in the past was kind of ignored like this phase factor that you attach to wave functions that you built in. Cause mm-hmm. they go, cause physicists love doing this all the time. This hand wavy shit where it's like, Oh, it repeats, right? Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, need- Oh, you can always shift everything off by a phase yeah, and yeah. get, get it to normalize right. or whatever. Real, real easy peasy the less, stuff. The less shit we got to keep track of, the better. <laughs> well, That's the, where the whole natural numbers even came from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not natural, yeah. I mean, um, natural units came from. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm trying to strip it down to it's like essence, but, uh, so I'm I'm going to skip around and skip all the details, but mm-hmm. this guy Barry, he basically was like, no, f- uh, for you, you actually can sometimes get a non-zero value for this phase, like mm-hmm. you can actually 
it, it's not just trivial. You can't just throw it away right. sometimes, especially if it's in a closed, if it's a closed two-dimensional surface. And mm-hmm. there, that that has to do with like this famous theorem called the Gaussian theorem mm-hmm. um, about. 2D surfaces and you can look up like how closed surfaces have this weird property where they're quantized by two pi, meaning like they're, they're like, how would you say they're factors of two pi? Like, right. It has something to do with the, with the lattice oscillations, correct? Yeah. I I think, I think at some deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. So like the thing is, um, what the gospel theorem says is just like, oh, you can have two, like, Whatever. As long as you have a closed two-dimensional surface, you get this property where your surface is a f- it's something multiplied by two pi. And this, and if you have something popping out that has two pi or anything with pi in it, <laughs> you can rest assured it's got something to do with circles. Mm-hmm. And if it's got something to do with circles, and you know it has something to do with periodicity, most likely. Yeah. So and so, like all that stuff makes sense if you when you get used to seeing pi yeah. everywhere. And so they saw this and were like, "Oh, okay. Well." You know, most states that we're talking about in the states of the wave functions that we have in one hour later. And so what they found was that there's like an analogy or you can draw an analogy between this result where it's like you get a quantized like nice little number. And then what you do is you they started looking at how this line integral starts looking like um like magnetic, um, like the magnetic flux, pretty much. Okay. Um, do you remember when Maxwell's equations, when you take the line integral and stuff, and you can do like? Yeah, you can do it with the um, with the e with the del cross e exactly right, and you can get the change in the magnetic flux exactly if you um you know multiply it by the differential um uh, area. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. this is, this is the kind of connection they started drawing. And then you talk about gauges and shit, because now you're start now you're just starting to talk about magnetic fields. And so like they started analog and analogizing this system, meaning like berry phase stuff started mm-hmm. looking like magnetism in some sense. And so basically this is where theory kind of, the theory started going deep mm-hmm. and they started saying like, well, now you can, you can look at this as a sort of like, the berry phase kind of creates this like magnetic field and you can create basically like what looks to be like monopoles and stuff and okay. in this space. Right. And so you have, what I mean by that is like you, you can have anti-symmetric pairings and, um, and symmetric pairings. And so they mm-hmm. cancel each other out. Mm. So it's like, it's not just going to exist out of nowhere. Right. Right. So whenever it's like you, a pseudo monopole, yeah, it's like a sink. You create a, if you have a source, you, there's necessarily a sink. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to, I think I heard about this stuff way back when I was doing undergraduate research, yeah. but then I never really, oh, never stuck. Cause I didn't know what it was. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it, the level of knowledge you have to build is like yeah. insane. But, um, but yeah, they, they, they pretty much, that's what they kind of found was that, Oh, did, we can draw analogies between this, and then we have these weird, interesting, like physical um, things happening. Mm-hmm. And so, pretty much, they now they were on the search for this kind of behavior, and sure enough, they did. They found these kind of things, and now they they were beginning to be able to describe certain um, stuff that had been theorized, like um, like vial nodes, which we'll talk about. Which nodes, for those of you that don't know, are basically three dimensional. Uh, basically points in space but in three dimensions so you have like if you're talking about momentum space it's like k sub x k Mm -hmm. sub y k sub z right Mm. a node has to be three-dimensional 
Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Because a point is... This is a different kind of node than probably what I'm understanding then. Oh, what do you mean? Because I'm thinking oh, of like just Oh, like standing wave stuff? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you talk about a standing wave in three dimensions, then I guess like you can kind of say like the nodes are... Yeah, but like, this sounds like a like a, like a a node that's been promoted to a new meaning or something. I think I think the... Yeah, because you create... Well, they, they call it like band crossings. You get these mm-hmm. like... When you map the, the energies of the system, the crystal system and then you look at different points in in space this is where you get into like brilliant zone mm-hmm. shit i'm not going to go into it because <laughs> let's yeah, just say yeah before. let's just say you look at one region of the crystal lattice that you've defined already and you look at all the symmetry points so you look at certain points in 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 k space in mm-hmm. momentum space which is where the crystal that's that's the the picture we we typically choose out of convenience mm-hmm. um now, Terrence has always asked, why don't we work in real space? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> we, we were debating this be- yeah, off, yeah, off camera yeah. but before. I think, but I think it's because real space kind of makes things wonkier. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure K-space is much mathematically better. Yeah. And it probably is much more insightful and useful. But yeah, I, think course, we, the, I think the higher abstraction you go, yeah. <laughs> the more the image starts, the, the less it makes sense on the front end. Yeah, the real space images. Conceptually. Yeah, because you're losing the, the mapping of what reality, of what yeah, it's supposed exactly, to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Those are always very hard stuff to analyze. Yeah, 100%, and, yeah. man. I totally get it. And um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's... it's So anyway, you, you kind of get these... Um, you kind of get this, like... you can what, what you can say is you can build a 3D map of this, the energies in this, in this space, and you create mm-hmm. surfaces. And, like, if there are... There, if if two, so you have conduction bands and valence bands. I'm sure you guys have heard of all this. Mm-hmm. If you want to get really, you know, if you really want to be a stickler to it, you know, the valence, the difference between the valence band and conduction band has to do with like this thing called the Fermi energy, mm-hmm. and that's dependent on the material. You talk about like what, how many states are building up, or how many states you have occupied in your in your whole system electronically. Mm-hmm. And that's What's the Fermi energy again? It's very simple too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what like basically it how many states you can fill up uh, at the t equals zero. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like quite literally like how yeah how you partition those, and then mm-hmm. what you'll see is that for some, for metal compounds like you'll have an occupied. So you'll like if you look at the band structure of this, mm-hmm. these spaghetti looking models, you'll have one you'll have basically one band kind of going, dipping into this. Well, let me describe a semi-metal actually, mm-hmm. um, because I think this, the semi-metals are all, uh, really, really illuminating. So like you have a band crossing where it's like above the Fermi energy, but then it dips below this Fermi level. That's like line. Let's mm-hmm. just say you draw this line and it mm-hmm. dips below and it comes back up. That's called an electron um, pocket pretty much mm-hmm. and electrons occupying that and that's the valence band they're occupying that valence band okay and then you have this other thing where it's below the fermi energy but it's like anytime it goes above this line you create a hole mm. where an electron can occupy that pretty much okay so that's kind of if i remember correctly that's pretty much the distinctions and you can kind of build like a picture because this is a semi-metal so a metal would just be like the conduction band is all filled and shit mm-hmm. so anyway um so yeah, you create this like so you can think about these bands as three dimensional surfaces, and then the the word topology comes in because you talk about the geometry of surfaces, mm-hmm. and this is what we mean by top, 
like topology in general. Like and topology a, comes from mathematics, right? So it's a study of surfaces, surfaces essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I got in trouble because I said, <laughs> I said, I forgot lot. that was the whole we'll lead up. <laughs> I got in trouble. <laughs> I got in trouble because I said topological magnetism, and then they were like, "What?" And then I was just like, "Oh, I, I guess I meant to say like topological origins of mm-hmm. or." the origins of magnetism are probably topological mm-hmm. in our, in our mm-hmm. compound. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, yeah, you, it makes, it makes us worry that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my bad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just like, and, and the whole community is like, one of the professors was like, look, the whole community uses terminology like this, all the loosey goosey yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. We just want to make sure you don't do that. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, that's fair. <laughs> so so yeah it was like because you're trying to capture headlines right you know right, what i'm right, saying like right. you're trying to get people to read your paper so sometimes mm-hmm. you use phrases like all right let's see what the fuck this person's yeah, yeah. doing <laughs> and and yeah so guilty um guilty of that and that so, whole lead up was just <laughs> yeah. was to, to say that you um <laughs> That you got in trouble for saying topological uh, magnetism. magnetism. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> I think that's literally like the time for the podcast. <laughs> but that was good, though. We no, got no, no, no. I still research. want to talk more. I have like 10 more minutes. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to wrap but, this. But I'm, I'm looking at um, an hour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, You're so right. we're on the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, so kind of just to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. You need necessarily, you, they, there's, you're starting to need these like higher concepts to describe what's happening Um in the system in particular for me, like one of the professors asked, well, what can you point that's uniquely like uh, something that might have to do with like the topology of the system more than like anything else. And I was like, well, necessarily for me, the Nernst, because what we see with like my, our Nernst stuff is that our Nernst uh, data is that you have, you have it following the anomalous hall up to a certain point. What we see, what we see in the anomalous Nernst is actually confidential information sorry everybody you're like what is and in fact my we got this we got this result like in 2018 and my advisor was like i don't believe it because we were two lowly graduate students doing Mm. this it was me and this other um brazilian student shout out to uh uh, danilo you know he's (laughs) in brazil right now so you watch the podcast I don't know, but shout out <laughs> to him. Not. He's he's. Uh, thank you for helping uh, with that measurement because uh-huh. we were both like, dude, we have. I was like, bro, I have no idea. You built <laughs> you built the probe. He built this like probe mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I was just like, I mean, look, bro, I'll take measurements. You know, I'll supply the crystal and stuff, and then mm-hmm. do all this stuff. But he he like, yeah. So we took a couple data points, couple curves, and then he like refined it and was like, bro, this is real. And he like rechecked it. But our advisor was like, I don't believe it. Mm. And then it basically took, um, took another year. Cause we kept re we kept trying to redo our data and then like take mm-hmm. more measurements. And then what we, what we did is like, now we took a, a profile of the, the signal this information is confidential. My advisor is scratching his head. We're all. I'm just like, dude. I got a classes to take and I have to teach. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> right. And so, no time to think. yeah. I'm just like, bro. I'm sorry. Like, I can read a couple of papers. Maybe see if I can find something. And uh, and yeah. So he gets another graduate student to to confirm the results. He's a little bit more skeptical. 
he's like, bro, this probe is fucked up or something and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's leaking heat. Yeah. I can't trust it. And so, <clears throat> so we, uh, so he like fidgets with it, but you know, a month passes by and he's like, oh shit, actually I'm confirming what they're saying. So, mm. so he kind of confirmed it, but then my advisor still didn't trust it. And so, mm-hmm. so then he went to, um, now he's kind of gone to a more professional guy in our lab. Um, and like, he's an expert in this, these kind of measurements. And so he's, he's confirmed it. He's like, bro, we're going to bring you on to do this paper. Um, because we need to like really confirm mm. that this is real. And so, yeah, what, what we see is like legitimate and there. So is it a big deal? It kind of is. And, uh, but, but, but the thing is, it's not like escaping, it's not escaping the, the realm of explanation. Like there's, there's a paper out there where they looked at this certain topological material um, that where, where it's like magnetism might be, might be attributed to it's it, the, the, the sort of the structure of the, the band structure of, of it. Mm-hmm. So the geometry of the of topology, the, the topology of the material. Yeah. The band topology. So it's like, uh, it's manganese 310. And in this particular paper, they kind of laid out, um, some of the theory and, and saying, and saying just like, Oh, um, you know, this is more conventional and it's supposed to follow this, but it's described by the math. And so we were looking at that paper as a reference. But what we see is like we're trying to describe what happens. Information redacted. Contributing or, or, or dominating at a certain point. But why? Like it's not necessarily being captured in the equations. Mm-hmm. It's like there's something deeper happening there that it is like, it's like what? It's not showing up in other things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And other measurements mm-hmm. that we have that corroborate our findings and it's like it is an ambitious project. It's a hugely ambitious project, and uh, I think, yeah, I think I think they kind of gave shit to my advisor because of that. They were just like, "Bro, this is not a master's project." <laughs> hey, but it can be good for page PhD, maybe. Oh no, it's a beautiful beginning to a thesis project. Yeah. I think I think I have pretty much like seventy percent of it. Oh, there you go. But it's like they even were like. What the fuck, man? What are you making this graduate student do? He's just supposed to do a master's thesis. <laughs> well, that's good because now maybe you'll be back on track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, anyway, that's pretty much my research in a nutshell. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that was a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, yeah, it's interesting. That's the most I've learned about your research, I think, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'd ever asked you about it before. Well, because I wanted to save it for the podcast, so mm-hmm. this is good. This is there good. There we go. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you have any questions, I guess yeah, uh, we got an expert right here. Go look at some papers. <laughs> don't ask me. Uh, I'm just I'm tired of looking at this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I've learned some good things today, though. Anomalous Hall effect, and well, I've heard of Anomalous Hall, but Nernst effect is very new to me, so I'll have to look those up now. Yeah, so cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. So yeah, guys, uh, you know, stay for the outro, and uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, talk a little bit more over there. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, guys. So. That was a uh, nice little episode of Juan's research that we had. Hopefully, it was enjoyable. Of course, uh, we never know until we see what the comments say. <laughs> but I think it was pretty, uh, we kept it pretty tame, I yeah, want to yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, interesting enough. But uh, yeah, guys, you know, if you um, want to ask Juan any questions about his research, leave the comments below. We'll get to him, uh, you know, I'll let Juan know about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he'll be able to give you some expertise, yeah, so yeah, yeah. some resources even. Um, and yeah, guys, just make sure to like, share, subscribe, uh, comment. Am I missing anything, Juan? 
No, just um, uh, follow us on our socials too. Yep. So follow us at eigenbros.com, mm-hmm. eigenbros on Twitter, Instagram is eigenbros, and then we have TikTok, eigenbros too, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.